Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. I will do it. I'll get it done. There's no question about it. So what else is happening? Oh, you know, just uh, I'm excited to talk to Kristen about uh, the Golden Globes. I think she's going to have a lot of fun things to say. Uh, we'll find out. Ladies and gentlemen, Kristen Burt, Entertainment News is brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabankco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right. The apologies have to start right now. What did you do? Catherine and I watched John Wick 4 on Saturday night. Oh, you did, did you? You tried to talk me into watching it for, what, about nine months now, ten months, something like that. Correct? Craig? I thought it was terrific. Yeah. I enjoyed it from the moment it started till three hours later when it ended. How many breaks did you take? None. We didn't take any breaks at all. We just you watched it. All the way through. Yes. The one thing that I love about being married to Andy's mother is is that she can get into that stuff because there are a lot of, you know, there are men and women, but a lot of women don't like movies like that at all. But mm -hmm. Catherine's like, she was counting how many times he would punch somebody in the face. <laughs> she she was a little scorecard. <laughs> yeah, a little scorecard. I, uh, I thought, you know, I, it, it, taking it for what it was, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, you know, an all time classic or anything. But it was quite enjoyable to watch because it was so ridiculous, first of all, all the things that went on. I mean, there was a blind guy, and somehow, <laughs> I don't know, but he could figure out right where you were standing, even though he couldn't see you. How is that possible? You're hearing his breath? What are you doing? Wait, you, you mean you didn't believe when he was playing that, like, five-card draw poker game with them, and he <laughs> knew that it was all five of <laughs> the same card? I think Hollywood didn't want you to question like how blind he was. You know what I yeah. mean? Because sometimes yeah. people can see shadows and maybe I get guess. a little better vision than we realized. But yeah, I should have watched it a long time ago. But but again, I'm that Oppenheimer and John Wick Four in the same two weeks. That's I mean, for me to sit down for six hours watching two movies. That's that's a big deal for me. There's no question about it. Huge deal. Because you know, listen, long movies are tough. That there's yeah. no doubt about that. I find that I find I have the same issue that you do. But listen, you you got some good movie going going on, so that's good. Like, it was wonderful to sit there with Catherine. She's laughing and you know, some horrified, and I'm doing the same. It was quite enjoyable, actually. I am really glad that I watched it with Catherine. Watching it by myself, it wouldn't have been as much fun. I have a question though. Would you mm -hmm. have been able to watch those movies in the movie theater versus at home? Like being, did being at home make a difference with yeah. the length? Yeah. And you know what, Kristen, it makes me very, very sad because nobody loved going to the movies more than I did. And people just don't go to the movie. I, I still go to the movies. I love that. Old, like I said, the Adina theater on 50th street is one of my favorite places to go. 
imagine over there, because we've been going to that Chinese restaurant across the parking lot for about 40 years now. So we go have a nice, a nice Chinese dinner, and then we go walk across the parking lot and go to a movie. Same with the Dinah Theater. There are many places, Barrios right uh, down the block, and you got Crisp and Green, you got all these great places. That I am going to miss that experience because, boy, it's not looking good for theaters at all, is it? Uh, they'll, they'll still exist. There's always going to be movie theaters. I think we shouldn't, like, it's not all gloom and doom. I just think okay, that good. Good. era of like the big we called it we had showcase cinemas when i grew up in massachusetts yes, yeah. and it was such a big deal when uh you know all of a sudden there was like a 10 plex or a 14 plex i think those are gone i don't think that they can sustain yeah. that amount of theaters so maybe like six or under will probably be the, the standard um for movie theaters a lot of standalone do very well here in los angeles i, I think i've talked about several times about the el capitan Netflix just refurbished the Egyptian. We still have mm -hmm. the Chinese theater. It's owned by TCL and they've built a couple of theaters um, to like the behind the actual Chinese theater. So I, I think those will be able to exist because uh, there'll always be movies coming out, but we're not going to have, we just don't have the volume that we used to. Uh, no, we're not no. going to have five movies come out in a weekend, like five no. big movies anymore. But it's going to be a lot smaller. It's going to be one to two releases, maybe a couple of indies. But that's the nature of the game. And as long as the movies exist, because having that experience is special for families, it's special for all of us, brings back memories. I like my popcorn and soda. We're all good. Yes. Yeah, no <laughs> question. Well, I was talking to Andy about this and we're on vacation back in the day. We'd go down, fly down to Florida and went to a movie theater, which is right uh, on, what is that, Rosemary Place? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, by the square. I think. Yeah, right. And I'm, I am not exaggerating when I tell you this movie theater had 14 theaters, 14 of them. And when you walked in, Andy, would you compare it to walking into a Catholic cathedral? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you thought you were in church. It was this magnificently ornate, beautiful theater. Well, just last month they tore it down uh, because the land was way too much, uh, way too valuable to keep a movie theater there. And what are they building? Are they building condos? And I'm sure it's going to be yep. condos. A 28 yeah. story, 28 story building. Yep. There you go. <laughs> right where that theater. But my God, it was such a treat to go to that theater. It, it, literally, and I'm not kidding you, like there, I don't know if you're ever in Minneapolis, have you ever went inside the Basilica in downtown Minneapolis? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's exactly what it looked like in that movie theater. Oh. It's like, oh my God. Now everyone's going to be living at a mall soon. I like, we have a lot of like, you can live at a condo and there's a mall mm. right below you. I think it's yeah. going to be a very strange existence now that we're losing all of these like classic buildings. But I wanted to bring that up this morning because, uh, you know, because you were on me for about eight, nine, ten months, something like that. It came out, did it come in February last year? Isn't that what it came out? I think so, right around then. Right around then. It was one of the but, first movies we talked about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, God, but having Kath, because I said, Catherine, do you have any interest at all in watching John Wick 4? She said, sure, let's watch it together. That'd be good. And her laughing or pulling her blanket over her head when the really vicious stuff was happening because <laughs> she will not watch that vicious stuff. She can't do it. So I need to just tell Catherine what I think you guys should watch. Yes. And then, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. You kind of notice the fact that whatever, whatever Catherine wants, Catherine gets. Is that what you're saying? 
pretty much. <laughs> and I'm not making that up, by the way. I guess, look, I adore the woman. You know that. I, I'm in, deeply in love with my wife, but she takes advantage of it like there's no tomorrow. Oh, really? You don't want to watch it? Because I think I would really enjoy what is like, okay, stop working. That's enough working me. <laughs> See, even Jude's barking about it. He heard what I just said. He knows. He's having a fit. So what else is happening in entertainment these days? Oh, uh, you know what? I slid into Tevin's DMs last night and go, OMG, Joe Coy. That's and, all I said. And oh God, and before because right. I knew I knew you were gonna I bring it up. Heard from, I heard from you Tevin knew I was gonna do it. You know I was that predictable, Tevin. Yep. <laughs> well, no, I knew you were gonna bring it up today. So and I know Tom didn't see the monologue. So I have a little clip that was my personal favorite part of Joe Coy's performance. I'm gonna play for you oh, guys here. Hopefully this works. Do it to me. Perfect beauty to bad breasts, cellulite, and flat feet. Ah, or what casting directors call character actor. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. You got, you're kidding me, right? Slow down. I wrote some of these, and they're the ones you're laughing at. Joe went on to zing Robert De Niro. But yeah, so uh, that's essentially... It's got to be your greatest mm. performance ever. How'd you get her pregnant at 80? Yeah, he... Uh, was terrible and everybody online oh. is essentially saying that this could be the end of his comedy career because too bad for oh, i love joe coy he's the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet okay let's just I, I, a couple things in his defense he did get the job at the last minute when and i and just so people understand when you're named host you usually have four to six weeks to prepare for mm -hmm. a show whether it's golden globes or oscars or emmys or anything else like mm -hmm. that um so he didn't have a long time to prepare material and he also, I saw an interview with him. He hadn't watched any of the movies. So he spent a lot of the last couple of weeks, like watching all the movies and watching the shows to kind of prepare. So that's a lot to be doing, trying mm -hmm. to write jokes while trying to figure out like what's funny from some of these movies. So he was already well behind um, before he got the job. But um, it's hard to write for these audiences. It is a brand new owner, um, Penske Media Group. I work for them right. just so everybody knows for... <laughs> You know, uh, transparency. Um, but Jay Penske, who owns Penske Media Group, was very involved in the ceremony. They wanted to do some updates. So remember, he's probably getting input from multiple sources on, like, how they want to modernize the Golden Globes and make it different and, like, put the their controversial past behind them. Um, so he was already in a no-win situation. But then... There, I just felt like there were some easy jokes that he could have mm -hmm. done because there are so many celebrities in the room. And he missed a lot of those and just kind of punched down and nobody was with him. Nobody was on his side, including that room. Yeah. And then yeah. to completely break and be like, hey, I didn't write all these. You're yeah. laughing at the ones that are funny that I wrote. And it's it was not a great look. And it really, I think, exposed because his I don't know if you've seen him do comedy, Kristen, but he his style is that he's obviously filipino american and then he leans heavily into that he does a lot of the fake accent voices and talks about his mom a lot and so when he doesn't have that kind of crutch to lean on it kind of exposed him and his comedy chops as well you guys hear ethan in the background yeah we do he's not in the background he is right here he's right on the camera ethan say hi ethan say hi Say oh, hello, Kristen. Read. No, you just oh god, handling the not, mic right yeah, now. let's not do that. 
Um, so, you know, it was, what I found interesting, the, as things went on, as the show went on and he realized he was like bombing more and more, yeah. he got louder and louder and louder and was basically like yelling. <laughs> oh, he, and he I could was just like, tell. Yeah. And you know what's interesting is that going back and thinking about Ricky Gervais, and he can't, he can't be Ricky Gervais, and I get that. No, you know, no. Ricky Gervais would just come out with a drink, and he'd just, like, lean into the mic, and he'd just tell a joke, and, like, da-da-da. Because it is an intimate audience, and I think also the new stage setting where basically everyone was, like, really spread out, and it was hard to get around, I think that also worked against him. I know that sounds weird, but it just wasn't mm. ideal for what the Golden Globe setup is at the Beverly Hilton. Yeah. But, like... Oh, sorry, Tom, you go. No, it's a very quick question. Yeah. Because part of this, you know, and, and it's not as bad in England, you know, you brought up Ricky Gervais, but you can't be funny in America anymore. You can't go too far. Everybody's terrified that the joke they're going to tell is going to go too far. I mean, i got to be honest with you. If you compare what what could be said on the Johnny Carson show back in the day, Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel might be the funniest people in the world, but they're not funny anymore because you can't be funny anymore on those shows because oh. everybody come after you like there's no tomorrow. They, especially like Colbert, they have cultivated that audience. They so have. They're yes. kind of being hoist with their own petard, I think. But I want to say Golden Globes is probably like the one place where you can be a little bit more irreverent. Oh, really? Because traditionally it's the show that you get drunk at and celebrities, you know, because they're sitting at the the dining table and people are known to get sloppy drunk there. And it's why we've seen, it's why people look at Ricky Gervais as well as Amy Poehler and Tina Fey who hosted and say, we love them hosting because they made fun of everybody in the room. But in a way that like everyone understood, even the viewer at home, and it was funny without just being like, I'm trying to make you laugh, laugh, laugh at me, laugh at me. And I, yeah. I, I just felt for Joe Coy because like that right. we've all been on stage where you like made a joke and nobody loves with you. Yeah. And like, but you since he's got such like, you know, he's done all the rooms, right? He's done every room and is because you as a, co a comedian, you have to do all the hard rooms, whatever. Mm -hmm. As soon as he started jumping ship, you could feel that, like, are you not a professional? When he started calling mm -hmm. out some jokes I wrote, some, you're laughing at my joke, so you remember that. It's like, how, how yeah. long have you been doing this? Because, yeah. like, why wouldn't you just commit? Like, that's what always happens. Like, you know, uh, Kristen Wig, or Kirsten Wig, or Kristen Wig, and uh, Will Ferrell came out and had this silly bit about dancing to this music, and they committed, and we all mm -hmm. kind of laughed about it. And so it's like, that's where you go, was it hilarious? Kind of only because they like committed so hard, but you know, it wasn't always landed and Ray Romano I, and um, Carrie Russell oh, had a bit. It worked. It was mm. very funny because they both committed and acted like it was so sincere. I mean, I even laughed at the Kevin Costner uh, in America, America Ferrera uh, bit because it was like they could, she committed. She was like, wow. You know? And I mean, he just, has that attitude of I would rather be anywhere else, and they leaned into it, and it was kind of funny. Yeah, if yeah, he... and he rarely shows up at the Globes, so it was like Kevin Costner's at the Golden Globes. Yeah, and if Joe Coy would have went, because we all understand you got this job ten days ago. Like, yeah, we are all aware. Like if he would have been, you know, oh, this joke bombed. I wish I had, like in kind of been more self-deprecating about the yeah. whole thing. Then it's like okay, mm -hmm. we can feel for you rather than you're attacking your poor writers who also probably some of them just got the job ten days ago along with you that right. you brought in. 
I, and my other thought too was like, you know, Taylor Swift was in the room. There could have been 18,000 Taylor Swift jokes. And he leaned into the one of like, we're not going to show her as much as the NFL. And I'm like, no, actually this audience is very with Taylor Swift. So had they done some sort of like spoof of like her romance with Travis or even it, like lean act like you're a Swifty and be like, yeah, I'm not a big Swifty. And then start the, but you know, Arizona 23, when I was, you know, I mean like start like spitting out, you know, fun, like extreme facts about it. That would have been funny. Um, there's so many things. He just, Tom, it felt like, it felt like jokes we could have written if we were hacks and had an hour because mm -hmm. there was even a joke about um, why Oppenheimer is so more deserving than Barbie because Barbie's based on a plastic doll with good tits. And it's like, that's, hilarious that was the joke yeah she yes. actually delivered it just like joe coy did <laughs> like, I know, actually. <laughs> and, you know you saw like greta gerwig was like mm, like just no nobody was like that's a good joke and mm. like that's it you totally missed the whole like feminist message of barbie if you're joking about her boobs were you guys surprised she didn't win uh, barbie yeah well, Barbie won that like outs like outstanding box office award, which was like the new like you're super right. popular. Um, but the fact that it didn't win in the comedy category and instead it was Poor Things, which is um, Emma Stone's movie, that was mm -hmm. a, that was surprising. That was definitely yeah, that's surprising. what I'm saying exactly. Yeah. You, so you were surprised by that? There was yeah, for sure. There was one show that kept coming up where I was like, I didn't know anybody who liked it, and that was Beef. And I just think that's where you go. I know, like, maybe it's, like, a sense of humor thing, but literally everybody we talked to was, like, I didn't really like Beef that much. Barely anybody watched it um, in, in, in the circles I run. And then anybody who did was, like, I didn't really like it kind of. Somebody People kept saying it kind of gave me anxiety and all this stuff. But it won. It's a very anxious show. And, and it won so many awards last night. You know, a week from today are the primetime Emmys from last season. Remember, this will be from the 22-23 season that were delayed because mm -hmm. of the strike. I'm very right. curious to see because we we noticed it was Succession's night, it was Beef's night, it was the Bears' night. These are the three shows now to watch. How will that resonate on Monday's primetime Emmys too? Because we've had the the voting for the primetime Emmys happened this summer, where the um, voting for the Golden Globes happened more recently. Really curious. Do you, do you think people will ever be allowed to be funny again? Yes, I think everything is cyclical. So yeah, we, we see trends come back. I mean, we've just swung in one direction and the Golden Globes doesn't know what it wants to be after all of their controversy with their membership yeah. and everything yeah. else and new ownership. I, I, I'm sure everyone today at Penske is going to be looking at the ratings. I mean, it was all hands on deck. All of us were working last night in some capacity, even if you were someone who doesn't cover movies and TV and you cover more like the industry aspect, you were, you were on and working last night. So this was a really big deal for them and they've put a lot of effort into it. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out. They only had a one year deal for CBS broadcast. So the ratings are bad. What happens? Where do they go? Do the, has there ever been an award show that just went away? Um, I mean, like, I think some of like the, like the blockbuster movie awards went away, <laughs> like, <laughs> but not any of the big industry ones. I don't <laughs> remember the blockbuster like, movie awards. Uh, 
you just had them back in the day when VHS was king. <laughs> you just talked about what was it? The was it the Soap Awards that you said that went down from a big venue to a small? So that might be turned into kind of a, a whisper eventually. Well, that's a daytime Emmy Awards, so it's that's under the thing. Emmys umbrella, which is interesting. Um, and they they have gone into smaller and smaller venues. Um, I, honestly, I think that they should take the daytime Emmys and, and do it because this weekend, by the way, on top of Golden Globes was also the creative arts Emmys, which was the, um, all, all of like below the line, all of like sound and picture editing and things like that. Those are the ones uh, that had their ceremony this weekend, maybe sort of wrap the daytime Emmys in with the creative arts Emmys and yeah. do a, a four night yeah. production like they do because creative arts Emmys are already two nights. You already have the setup. You've got the big venue. Why not give that to the daytime Emmys? That's just my opinion. You know, back to uh, Ms. Catherine Brandt. I used to watch the Oscars. I used to watch the, all. Of, I used to watch all the award shows. You know, because I, you know, I always enjoyed going to the movies. I, I enjoyed watching television. All the rest of it. I met Catherine Brandt all those years ago, forty-two years ago now. And the first thing that happened was because it was. Uh, well, not the first thing, but one of the first. She said, how can you watch those award shows? They're the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I kind of went, you know, she's right in a way, because I watch it every year, and I'm always disappointed with how things go. Uh, some people just don't like to watch award shows. How are they going to keep all – I mean, without the Johnny Carsons of the world or somebody like that, is there one person they could get who would, I don't know, maybe even do it is there one person that could get everybody go oh my god i gotta tune in because this person's doing it the rock the rock yeah probably the rock that's probably rock. true but he's not and funny he's tried for years and his schedule <laughs> is jam-packed because he's just someone that like yeah he's not going to be like super super funny but he'll no. do the bits he'll do uh, the sketches in general people like him people don't get too political on mm -hmm. either side about him so mm -hmm. He would be someone that, that people would tune into. And he's also globally known. That's the other yeah. thing. You know, Golden Globes are an international award right. show. Right. Do people know Joe Coy overseas? I mean, no. maybe in the UK. I don't know. I don't I don't know if he's like famous in Asia or anything else. Well, he's Filipino. Yeah, he's Filipino. He has a yeah, very large, I would say like an Asian market and demographic, which is one of the reasons why he's so mm -hmm. big here. Yeah. Is I'm he just, big here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He sells mm -hmm. out arenas. Oh, does he really? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. I mean, like I said, I've met him several times. He's a great guy. I don't know if I ever thought he was that funny. He came out of Chelsea Handler's show. Like, that's right, where I first. Right. And then they dated during the pandemic. That's how I kind of got reacquainted with him. But he's had some very successful. I think it's Netflix. He's got his stand up, right? Yep. Yeah. He said, yeah. I think he's got a couple of them. Yeah. On a there. couple specials there. It's I mean, that, honestly, but... Netflix has done a great thing for stand up comedy because I kind of like other than late night shows, I kind of pushed it out of my mind until Netflix started really doing a good job with. Um, doing uh, stand-up comedy specials. And all of a sudden you're like, that's where I discovered Ali Wong. I wouldn't have known Ali Wong otherwise. Love her. I absolutely yeah. love Ali Wong. We went to, what was the name of that Chinese place that, that we went to with Ali Wong back in the day on 26th Avenue with Nicollet? Uh, God, you know, you, know called? you guys know that 26 and Nicollet, there's a, there was a great Chinese restaurant there, but I can't remember the name of it. But Ali Wong came to town and we invited her to dinner because she didn't know anybody and nobody knew her and all the rest. It was right at the beginning of her stand-up career. And so we went to dinner that night. And she spectacularly a nice person. She's a very uh, nice person. It looks like Jasmine she, 26. 
pot, pot she won no there you go she won an award for that show <laughs> beef um which I don't deny that she's probably they're both actors that uh, won best actors in was was the show B for mm -hmm. it, the categories are wild they're like uh, limited series also a musical also it could be a comedy <laughs> but also it could be a doc like they're just like it's wild an anthology category. limited series or a television yeah. movie yeah. <laughs> or dog documentary that, 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 actually that is the actual category it's television movie anthology or limited series. So she, they, her and her co-star won for beef. Um, and there was this weird controversy around it because she gave her boyfriend a kiss, who's Bill Hader. Um, and then when she went up there and was saying all of her things, she gave her, uh, she said, the father of my kids, I, I couldn't do this without him. And then they cut to Bill Hader and he goes to the guy next to him like, what the heck? Like didn't get any shout out for mm. uh for the girlfriend which is i probably him being silly but the whole mm -hmm. internet was like Ooh. i think it was him being silly because this was their big couple debut yeah. and they didn't do the red carpet together we were looking for those photos too and i'm like ah they didn't do the red carpet but um i was telling bill last night and he i was like do you know that like bill Hader is like the guy in hollywood he's like the new david spade of dating he has dated Rachel Bilson, and then he dated Anna Kendrick, and then he's now he's with Ali Wong. I'm like, since his divorce, he has been like the guy to date. And Bill goes, he's got a type. He's like, they're all petite and brunette. I'm like, you're right. They yeah. all. They do have a type, yeah. He has a type. <laughs> no, it's very true. I He's another guy. I know that I tried my best. I think, Tevin, I talked to you about this. Mm -hmm. I could not make it through that series he did. I thought it got very, very boring. What series was this? Barry. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. Season, season one is so funny. Yep. And then season yep. two, you're like, what are we doing here? Because if you are an assassin, how can you be in a community for this long without people being like, um, excuse me? Like right. Everyone around you is dying. It's like the Dexter mm -hmm. of shows where you go, yeah. you can't you sustain this. This yeah. there, there's the formula alone is going to, you're going to run out of humans. You have to suspend disbelief in the whole thing. Like that's really? the, you have to lean into that. But Henry Winkler's so good. I love Henry Winkler. You're absolutely right. It kind of reminds nice me of in Hollywood. There's this one show we watched, uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, mm -hmm. sounds very similar, where it's this woman who turns into a zombie, and basically the whole thing is like them trying to find people for her to eat. Yeah, it's but it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it, it, it. And the first season was amazing. Didn't you love it? The first season, Andy. Yeah, it got not so good at the end. I will like, say the that. The second much. season, I was like, "Yeah, how can we sustain this?" You know, a classic one too that's like that is Weeds. Weeds mm -hmm. was like they after you sell drugs to everyone in your neighborhood and get yeah. caught, and then you move. You move, I guess. It was just kind of like, "Oh, I guess you can't sustain this plot." Some of those really like Breaking Bad did it well. They mm -hmm. did yeah. a plot yeah. where you said, "Okay, like there's rhyme and reasoning, and also there is a clear ending to him." uh and, and like you you accept that but i mm. i don't think shows know how to accept that their plot especially when it's kind of zany and extreme mm. only has a limited amount of time so we're like yeah now this is insane yeah or kristen mm. how far out do they write usually those shows because there are like Brittany, you're saying where like the plot doesn't make a whole lot of sense you're like i think this was something where they planned on having this run for three seasons and now all of a yeah. sudden they're trying to stretch it out to five and it gets crazy yeah. how far out do they usually look 
that happens. Uh, some creators will will come and pitch a show and say, listen, this is a four-season show. I have the complete beginning, middle, and end, and it cannot go any more than that. And some people have it open-ended. And I think when you have it open-ended, and, and I, we could probably all name shows where you go, they just needed to wrap it up. Right, because, yeah, you know, right. by time, you know, Mad Men, I hated the ending on season seven. I will, I will die on that hill. Um, even Gilmore Girls, you look at it, and that didn't wrap up the way. And that's why we got kind of like that revival. Like there's certain shows you're like it could have been a solid five season show and so when you do get that perfect ending which i always will say Shit's creek had a perfect ending yes succession succession yeah the the shows that had the perfect ending that you just you go that makes exact sense for how you started the series how you continued it and you wrapped it up exactly as it should um those are few and far between because i think you get caught up in the money you know if you're like well i get to do a show for another year and make Another half million dollars. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, One of my favorites of all time, The Office. I think the good. last season of The Office probably shouldn't have happened. No. I would I say once the Steve Carell left, he I was he was the left. show. Yeah, yep. last two to three seasons yeah. of The Office, I could say we could skip, but I'll still watch them just because they weren't bad. But they just were funny parts. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, Tom, um, Kieran Culkin uh, won for best supporting or something like Part that. Succession. Yes. Mm-hmm. His speech, you would yeah. love it. It was so funny and so him. I swear to God, that man in the mo- in the show Succession is literally just playing himself. It was so. Oh God, it was funny. Catherine and I are only on season two. Yeah. Well, I'm jealous because I wish I could go back and like I give myself a head injury and rewatch it. It's such it's a good. fun show. And if anyone sees there, there's a funny behind the scenes bit. Kieran got went to the press room and got into like sort of like the press area and started asking questions of his castmates. Um, and there was a whole little back and forth that's floating around on the internet that's really cute. So, see, I would love that. I think. And yeah. what I really like is you guys. You know, when you find out, I've only watched about half of the. Uh, seasons that you watched you you don't burn them down for me so i appreciate that never never especially when it's a good sh- quality show like that where you're like no i want you to have that same experience i did yeah when you get to yeah. live. like the only time i was grateful is when i mentioned i was watching mr robot and Brittany goes woof wait till you get a little further <laughs> <laughs> oh, great but again my botox had worn off so my face kind of did it automatically so i couldn't hide that i was disgusted and you have to be like wait <laughs> yeah I, it again i got i got to the third episode and i was like now i get what Brittany was talking about we're just gonna end this right here <laughs> I never watched that. It was good. Oh, oh the, first, the first episode, I was like, this might be the greatest television show that's ever been created. It's awesome. And then the second episode, it was a train wreck. And I tried to get through the third episode. And I was like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. <laughs> really? Oh, it's like people started becoming imaginary. And he's yeah. like, it's just, it was so out of left field that I was like, I can't. Well, there are certain shows, so what I do for a long time is I would be playing a game and watching a show at the same time, mm-hmm. but usually the game was like, you know, a World of Warcraft or something that you can just kind of zone out and play. Mm-hmm. So you're really paying attention to the show, but you're keeping your hands busy. Um, Mr. Robot was one of the shows where when I think about it, what I remember most is grinding in this one specific place in World of Warcraft while the show plays in the background rather than the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say that much. There you have it. It just got like, I just stopped caring. And I was eventually I was like, wow, I am not even, 
I've, it's been three episodes and I haven't paid attention to one word. Maybe I should stop listening. Not a bad plan. Or you could do the, the Tom's plan. It's four minutes in. It's not good. He's out. Yeah. Well, I did that with John Wick four or three times, but then I eventually, because <laughs> Catherine was there, we watched it all the way through and really enjoyed it. Yep. I really did. I, I give things a chance, but well, it's like if I start watching it, I'm going to watch it for a decent amount of time. Mm -hmm. But I'm also more likely to just not watch even one second of something if I don't find it interesting. Right. It's like if I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe not, I'm just never going to watch it. No question. I, I have a question for all of you, you know, talking about Joe Coy. And like I said, I like Joe Coy. I don't know if he was ever the funniest person I've ever seen and all the rest of it. But can you imagine the day when Richard Pryor would have walked out to host the Golden Globes? Can you even imagine that in your head, Richard Pryor hosting? Um, it probably would have been the funniest three hours ever. Uh, ever. But Ever. everybody would have been pissed off like there's no tomorrow. He went after everyone. I don't think people get that pissed off, though. Like, that's why I think Ricky Gervais works so well. Because yeah, that's true. you can't take yourself too seriously because this is a, a self-congratulatory night. So mm -hmm. if you're going to take yourself too seriously as people make fun of you, um, in a funny way, if it's done well, of course. Like, when Ricky Gervais did it, he did it well. And I think that's why when Joe Coy was even, like, making fun of, like, Barbie or, like, Taylor, you're like, Ugh. Wrong joke. He should be the right person <laughs> to talk about wrong joke, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I mean, it just, I don't watch the award shows I didn't watch last night because I just don't want it. I don't watch them. I don't care who wins an award. It doesn't mean anything. You know, I, I don't know. They're just, to me, they're never entertaining and they're never funny. Yeah. They're big business to Los Angeles, though. And that's why oh, yeah. they're doing them, too. They are a huge economy generator for us between um, things that you don't even think about. Dry cleaners and restaurants and hotels and mm -hmm. limos and uh, all those things. Uh, hair, makeup, fashion. Um, and it actually translates. I, I actually just wrote an article this morning before the show uh, just talking about how the fashion that we see, like Golden Globes is kind of setting the tone of like what we're all going to be wearing for the next year or so. It's like for women, the side part is back. We've been hearing like you have to have a middle part to look young. Nope. Side part was all we saw on the red carpet. Sounds stupid. Sounds frivolous. But that's exactly what's going to be wind up happening in terms of hairstyles. Um, or you look at like colors that are happening on the red carpet. All of those trends factor into other areas of our lives that we don't necessarily even think about. Yeah, that makes sense. Alex, do you ever see John Wick 4? No. <laughs> Doesn't seem like your kind Not of movie. Not exactly my no. kind of no. thing. But you would think Dan would like to watch it. No. No? No, he's not really into that kind of thing either. It's just so over the top. It is over the top. Very over the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just not either of our, I, I don't know. I saw the first one. And yeah, was, we all did. That was enough oh, for me. Yeah, I was yeah. with you guys, and I, I I'm good. If you I'm if sad. you watched four after watching one, you would no longer think that one was over the top. You'd be like, right, like four <laughs> takes it to a Chill. whole new level. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I have boy. something that might be up Alex's alley. Um, they are now making Purple Rain into a Broadway show. No oh, way. Yes. Yes, that's amazing. Um, which I think is really interesting. I, you know, I, if anyone has anyone not seen Purple Rain, the movie, no, I have not. I've seen Tevin, Andy, what? Tevin, well, guys. Andy, Andy, of course. Tevin, I, <laughs> Tevin, I'm not come on, when man. did it come out? Tevin, like, that is your homework. 
Yes. Okay, I'm going to give you all of January, okay? okay? You have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it's playing. You're going to have to find it somewhere. But uh, it's, it's worth the rental 1984, fee. I mean, probably one of the greatest soundtracks ever. And, oh, man. Uh, but I look at that movie and I go, how do you make that into a stage show? Yeah. That movie was pretty edgy. Even yeah. In right. 1984. right. Yeah. Um, but it will sell very well. I mean, MJ the musical, even despite Michael Jackson's controversies, has always done well. In fact, it's right here in Los Angeles right now, the, the national tour. I think that they will probably have a jackpot on their hands. Oh, totally. Sounds good to me. All right, oh that's going to do it. You were right. I do apologize. I should have listened to you 10 months ago and seen <laughs> John Wick for I'm glad I have an effect on you 10 months later. <laughs> Just 10 takes months a while. Later. All right. We will talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. We'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back and wrap things up right after this. Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabankco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Right back right after this. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Well, I was just awakened to reality by Michael Bryant, one of the sponsors of this show, one of my friends. Uh, it says, whoa, one year. This apparently is a picture of me getting ready to do the show a year ago. Oh. Before we did, huh. that's kind of reflecting too much light. I'm trying to figure out how to get away from that. There you go. Is that, there you go. Is that in the, uh, somebody's office, a big timer's office? I don't know, but I got my Hubbard badge on, so it must be. Yeah, that looks like the the wood paneling at Hubbard. It's uh, it's very Mad Men esque. It is Mad Men esque, but I just, I, I maybe I don't think that's the reason he sent me the picture, but I did just realize that everybody's been correct my whole life. I look at that picture and goes. It's true. I'm just doing my work, but it looks like I'm really pissed off. Oh, yeah. That was I didn't sense. know that. I had no idea that I always have a pissed off face. I'm like, uh, what the hell? I'm not, I don't do that on purpose. It's just the way it is. That actor was Ian, what's his name again? Oh, the guy with the, he's always got the crabby face. Yeah. From, you talk about I, the guy Ian from, McShane. Yeah. From John Ian McShane. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got the crabby face always. And then Brad Blanks always has a crabby face. Yes. About it. Uh, Tom, how are you, mate? Marvelous. Had a great Good. first hour just hanging almost an hour and a half almost, uh, as a matter of fact, talking about we've covered all the important issues in the world and we have the answer for all of them. Yes, no, I, I could tell. It's been a great show. I've been listening. Brittany, right. how you doing? AJ, Tevin. <laughs> um, I won't say Happy New Year because it's already, uh, we're 10 days in, so we're past we're that. We're 10 days in, so we're past that point of view. But I just wanted to bring up an old uh, uh, favourite. I was, I was trying to find this interview and I'm going to find it and if I, I do, I'll, I'll bring it out even even a month into the year, it was uh, uh, a woman I did uh, for your uh, old show. This is probably 15 years ago. Uh, if you remember, I'd go out on the street every year and I'd get New Year's resolutions. Yes. But I'd be doing, I'd be doing these interviews, you know, on the first day back, you know, of the new year, and and it'd be outside Madison Square Garden there on Seventh Ave, and it'd be about 5:30 in the morning, very cold, and I'd be getting all the characters that were walking around. If you can only imagine. Uh, 7th Ave in the middle of New York City 
asking these people their New Year's resolutions. And one, I found one woman, and she had a thick Russian accent. Uh-oh. And I, I, I asked her, I said, what, you know, what are your re- resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? She goes, I'm going to give up smoking. And I said to her, I said, you're smoking right now. And she said, <laughs> I remember God, that. God bless America. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I played that interview for you and I, and I didn't realize how good it was until you guys took it, took it upon yourselves, you and oh. your wonderful people on your show and turned it into its own bit there. This, uh, this amazing woman that, that made her resolutions up to quit smoking, but because of her love to live in your amazing country, that she uh, could break that resolution in the first few days and bless America right there. So it was, uh, it was fantastic. Well, it's your country now too. You've lived here long enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Had a good run, had a good run. Uh, And of course at this time of year, I always slip into, you know, Oscar zone. It's like, uh, it's for for me, it's always Oscars and Super Bowl. I sort of run, you know, timely. I love American football and uh, I love movies and, uh, even though things have been teetering maybe for a couple of years, but I, I'm, I'm working as hard as I can, I can to get my movie eyes back in. I've seen a few films. I, I've missed a few, uh, mm-hmm. but I think I've got my eye in. Of course, the Golden Globes. I know you've probably talked a lot about it the other night, but we're still getting more. Uh, uh, Brittany, this is, this is what you've probably studied the whole uh, reading the lips of Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift uh, interested me like, at least in American football, they hide the mouths yeah. uh, now. They know uh, yeah. athletes. Like, you, you find the dumbest athlete on a football field, and even he knows now to hide his mouth. But yeah. Selena and Taylor didn't know that they could hide their lips, and we've seen what's happened, and it's all surrounded. Timothy Chalamet, of course, isn't it, Brittany? Yeah, there's speculation of what they talked about. Uh, I've seen bad lip editing for them as well which is very funny they'll be like did Mer- you know did Meryl or uh did Meryl Streep just take a giant shit in the toilet you know they've edited that oh, God. the big one is they're speculating that the conversation was that Selena went up to Timothy Chalamet and asked if he could get a picture and that Kylie Jenner said no and that is what the number one uh, okay like w- yeah. where everybody's kind of fall fallen on it but it it's yeah. total speculation nobody really knows yeah, and it was about Chalamet because of uh, Taylor Swift's best friend sitting next to her actually said the word Timothy. So we know we were we, they were talking about Chalamet. Um, it's a way to go, best friend, for screwing that up. She, I mean, <laughs> she gives away all the plans. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, and the other big lip syncing thing I saw this morning that broke that uh, they've cracked uh, John Krasinski. This one hurts me a bit. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. They reckon in their lip syncing there was a, a divorce mention. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's yeah, and I hope not because they're a beautiful couple. Yeah, we love Jim from The Office. Yeah, and so yeah. Uh, we hope that was it. And and they're either it's either it's getting chilly out here. Let's go indoors, or uh, let's talk. Let's do this before the divorce. So it's divorce and indoors <laughs> is the key word. You, you wouldn't want your marriage to be resting on those two word differentials, oh. would you, Tom? No. Yeah. But, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, Joe Coy's copped the flogging. Uh, oh. I laughed at a few of his jokes, but he's, as you, you've interviewed him many times over the years, yep. he's such a nice guy, isn't he? Like, yep. if Great. there's one guy that would be curled up in a fetal position in a corner right now, it's Joe <laughs> Coy. It's true. <laughs> and I feel that's why I'm like, oh, geez, Hollywood, you turned against the wrong guy. He's actually a sweetheart, and he's a big hugger. 
he's he's taught me as a man to hug other men because every time I'd see him, he'd give me a big hug. And, you know, I've overcome that, you know, the hugging phobia I have. I now hug men. And, uh, and, and Joe caught, but he just didn't, he was caught in that bad zone of he's a good guy, but he wanted to follow in the footsteps of other comedians that were cutting to that audience. If Joe right. Coy had just come out on stage and been the sweet guy that he is, mm-hmm. he, he would have creamed it. He would have nailed the uh, Golden Globes hosting gig. But he was like sycophantic and then he was mean and it sort of didn't it didn't add up. Like he was saying how much he loved Meryl Streep. And I mean, the De Niro joke actually worked. The one of his last great performance. Um, and even the Taylor Swift thing wasn't that bad, no. but it, it, it wasn't even a bad joke. It was actually not a bad, you know, in, in light of the, you know, the NFL showing and every telecast showing her over and over. Uh, it was a good, good gag, but he'd already lost the audience leading up to that moment. Um, and uh, I watched it with my 11 year old daughter and 10 year old daughter and uh, the monologue. And they were very upset with him saying the word boobies and Barbie in the same scene. Oh, sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, don't don't even go near Barbie in the monologue because you're going to cop the wrath of a lot of serious women, you know, and 10 and 11-year-old girls. So, um, but Michael, Michael Shea came out and supported him. I love the quote from Michael Shea, of course. He's the Weekend Update guy on Saturday Night Live, comedian. And he's, his whole point is comedians should not do these shows uh, you can't win. Right. They're impossible yep. to win. It's a Hollywood audience. They're only thinking about their trophies, their cause, and uh, getting a good photo and saying a decent speech. So he's right on all those accounts. Um, and then he went into the whole fact that you know, people like Eddie Murphy and Jim Carrey, when they went serious, they couldn't win any of these awards. Uh, and, and he has some good points there. I still think Jim Carrey should have won an Oscar for uh, Man in the Moon that, back in the late mm-hmm. 90s. Sure. He was fantastic in that. Um, but his, his, his line was, why, why don't expect us to host the Oscars? Uh, they don't even nominate us. F that was his line. Uh, next time, get a magician. I just thought that was quite good. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, 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 get a magician to host, host the Oscars. But, uh, you know, uh, now on to Maestro. Did you manage to see the movie Maestro there by Bradley Cooper at all? Is nope. that a Tom, Tom Bernard film? I, I don't think it's your type of film, Tom. Probably not. No, no, I, I don't think you'd uh, curl up there. On the, it, it's all right. I, I didn't mind it. And I love Bradley Cooper and I love his mind. And there's some amazing... Brittany, did you see it? Did I did not. I, I uh, yeah. Actually, it's I, you're one of the first people I've talked to that has seen it. So, I, yeah, hearing that it, you didn't mind it is not a great I, review for a no, movie no, no, you're no, supposed no. to enjoy. <laughs> Brad Blitz, he didn't mind it. <laughs> he didn't mind it. Um, well, I love Bradley Cooper and I love what he's trying to do. That He's he's obviously tapping into some genius inside him. He He's a machine at, at making these films. I mean, you know, his last film with Lady Gaga, I love that movie. It was fantastic. Uh, Maestro isn't that. I mean, the star of the true star of the movie is this Leonard Bernstein's wife who, uh, you know, dies of cancer. So we get a bit of the, the cancer in the movie, you know, which is always a cheerjerker and obviously a bit Oscar baity. Um, but a lot of people have come out and said that this film is an Oscar bait film all round, which I tend to agree with, you know, in the fact that it's a biopic and uh, he plays, uh, Bradley Cooper plays this Leonard Bernstein, but none of the awards are coming his way. So he's, he's not getting the, uh, the, the Oscar buzz that he thought he would with this movie, but it's not bad. And I didn't mind it. 
there you go, Tom, of my review of this. Not not fantastic. Uh, on to another streaming movie that dropped over the uh, over the holidays was Saltburn. Has anyone seen <laughs> Now, I love a good uh, British aristocracy movie. Yes. A convict of Australia that got shipped off 250 years ago. I still enjoy seeing, um, uh, you know, the aristocracy of uh, the United Kingdom, you know, hung shit on. And um, th- this this one takes a turn, doesn't it, Brittany? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And as we always revert to Tom, you know, it is, you're the host of the show and you're a mentor to a lot of us. Over the years, I would love to see your face when you get to see an actor um, make love to a gravesite. You know, um, okay, that, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yes. um, yeah, that was one of the more shocking scenes, wasn't it, Brittany? Yeah, no, it um, wasn't even the most shocking. There was, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but my yes. it's funny how we react differently. There's this bathtub yes. scene, uh, oh. Tom. My husband was dry heaving, and I was like, meh. So it just shows, like, your personality. Like, I didn't think it was that gross, and my husband was, like, dying. I mean, he's such a germaphobe. So it was like, I would love – I don't know, Tom, if you'd like it, but it's dark. The character acting is amazing. Rosalind Rosalind Pike is amazing in it as kind of a waif mom who just blabbers about everybody's, you know, behind-the-scenes business. It was good. I thought it was going to go one way and it went a complete other. So it was, I had a blast watching it. It was very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, I didn't mind it. it it's in the, I didn't mind it camp. Um, but uh, I watched it on an airplane and I had to ford a few things up on it because yeah. you know, I got people sitting next to me. On that's that's <laughs> not the one I would pick. No, no, no. no. What's that's going on here? Move. And, 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 my phone, I had it downloaded on my phone. I couldn't hit the fast forward quick enough. When it, oh, that's not a great movement in that movie no, no, either. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but Salt, Saltburn, the, I mean, the star of it, this Barry Keegan guy that was in the um, Banshees of Insurin uh, last last Oscar season. He's a fantastic actor, this this young fella from, I think he's Irish maybe. Um, but yeah, we're ripping, r- ripping actor. Um, but uh, you know, the other thing I want to do, uh, hit upon is of course, Jodie Foster is, uh, you were talking earlier today in your show, Tom, about Gen Z's and, uh, mm-hmm. that we're heading, we're heading down a divide. She's pretty much come out and she said her Gen Z's when they're late for work, you know, they actually reply, you know, that she's worked with and her own children. They said, well, I'm not coming in until 10.30 a.m. today. And she's done. You know, it's like, why can't Gen Z's just turn up on time like everyone else? Right. And then when she corrects their, their grammar, uh, you know, and, and you know, says you should check your spelling before sending an email. Uh, this is Jodie Foster saying this. She goes, uh, a Gen Z will reply, why would I do that? Isn't that limiting? So that's the limiting? Uh, Gen- yeah, that, there you go, Tom. That's the Gen Z world we're, we're living in now. To communicate is limiting. That's right. Yes. I would, okay. If I was her, I would be replying, well, we are limiting your employment to uh, terminate it. <laughs> we yes. limited that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, I, I saw uh, Jodie Foster on uh, Kimmel the other night. She, she's fantastic. What, what a, what a um, yep. my goodness. And uh, to think that she was in Taxi Driver, but even up until um, making Taxi Driver, she'd already made many, many movies between, you know, from the age of eight, to 13, you know, it's, uh, yeah, what, what, what a woman. You know, she's got the True Detective series coming out, which I think is based in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, I mean, that could be coming out this Sunday evening. So um, a lot to like about her. What, what a woman. And good to see her, you know, back in, you know, 
back acting. Uh, well, not back acting, but acting again. And we'll see her on uh, Max, HBO Max. HBO Max is kicking ass now, by the way. Got a lot of great programming on there. Isn't that where yeah. Righteous, is Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it is. I yep. love that show. God, God, what a bunch of pricks. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love that <laughs> show. I know. You're so right. There's no character that doesn't have insane flaws where you go, do I hate you all but, like, love you? <laughs> it's right. Programming is the best it's ever been. Programming on streaming is the best that television's ever been. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I've got. I mean, I've, I've been on uh, on Max. I've been watching the second season of Industry. I don't mm-hmm. know, American. That's a very good show about you know banking and it's like uh, they say it lives in the same world as Succession because you get that uneasiness of oh, people rich. grappling for their yeah. Cause Succession was you know, and those guys cleaned up the other night at the Golden Globes as well. Mm-hmm. And, well, it's just great seeing Kieran Culkin getting Best Actor. I mean, he's on I this. Know. He's on succession with these incredible dramatic actors yes. all surrounding him. And, and he's a little dweeby character, but he comes out and wins the Golden Globe for Best Actor, which is fantastic because he his character on that show is is in phenomenal. And he was fantastic in the last season. It's very, very, I just love the fact that Dad, who in the first episode, isn't he getting out of the hospital or something in the yeah. first episode? And every episode... Uh, Dad, can I ask you a question? No, figure it out for yourself, you dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) I know. Pardon me, Dad. Yeah, that was raised by wolves. And me and Tom do have a theory, Brad, that uh, uh, Kieran Culkin is not a a good actor at all because he's full on playing himself. Oh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're right. You know, uh, and wow, just he he, and and I've interviewed him a few times and he's a sick little 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 fella. Yeah, no. love yeah, that. Love yeah, that yeah. for him. In a good way. In a yeah. good way. Yeah, um, twisted. Yeah, but, uh, very twisted. So uh, fantastic. I love that show, though. Uh, all these shows you've mentioned, and it's pretty unusual because uh, you had been you know, over the years, and you, you and I have been, how many years we've been working together? Uh, 20, 21 years. Yeah, 21 20 years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I grabbed my brow then, if you notice, I looked like, <laughs> I slipped my head, I went, oh my goodness. Exactly. No, no, yeah, wonderful. Like, like it's, uh, so what about, no, no, 20, it was 2002, June, uh, Mike Tyson versus Lennox Lewis. And it was the Friday morning that I reported live to you from the Tyson Lewis fight. Um, and what's crazy about that week, I was in Memphis and I, I landed there Monday afternoon. I was part of the press contingent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hung out that week with Dave Chappelle. All, all oh, week. God. You know, he, he was a part of, he was Jay Leno's correspondent. Now, up until 2002, I'd missed who Chappelle was. So I didn't know that he was already on his way and had been a stand up comedian since the age of 16. Right. Uh, so that puts him at about 29 years of age. But when I when I was there talking to him, and I, I the first thing I said I, when I first met him, like on the Tuesday, I said, "Oh, dude, I loved you reporting on Leno uh, for the Winter Olympics." So he went to the Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City in 2002 for Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm sitting there talking to this guy, and we kind of hit it off. And every stop, every day, we'd go on a bus, and we'd go to a. We went down to um, Tupelo, Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That's a town, you know about half an hour from Memphis, and I think that's where El- is Elvis from there and Justin Timberlake. Anyway, I believe so. Yeah, fact checkers can check out. There's a big casino there, there, and that's where Mike Tyson was training. And we, I was hanging out with Chappelle there, and we're talking away. And then at the fight on the Saturday night, I 
And Chappelle gave me his phone number and said, hey, really? man, we're going to get back to New York. Let's hang out. And I never rang that number. It's like, oh, like, oh. like uh, it's one of the, my biggest screw ups of meeting cool people. And then, and then I, 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 it was probably 18 months later, the Chappelle show or the end of two days, but yeah, about 18 months later, Chappelle show launched and he, and I went, Oh, that's the dude I was hanging out with. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Um, just an idiot. I should have rang him up. Yeah. I could have, yeah, could have been his assistant, got him coffee, you know, or, or something like that. But uh, those were the good old days, Tom. That was a great, great event to call call in. I think, as I said, I I played a uh, hooker for you. It wasn't really a hooker. It was a woman that sold, sold hot dogs, but right. I made out she right. was a uh, prostitute flown into town. Oh, she was fond, yeah, you said yeah. she was fond of wieners. I remember yeah, that. fond Very. of wieners. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she wasn't really a hooker. Yeah, like a, I did look for real hookers, and I went oh. down some dark streets in Memphis, and I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the real hookers. So I, I, had to, I, was, at, I was at the local uh, minor league baseball game there in Memphis, and this chick had a beautiful voice, and I said, hey, look, can I give you an extra five bucks on top of my wiener? And uh, you make out you're a prostitute, <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, sure, no worries." And um, so I interviewed her and played that for you guys. So sorry if I, you know, plagiarized or led you down the wrong path there, Tom. You know, um, thinking that you had this new reporter that was an expert in uh, prostitutes at big events around Actually, America. The very yeah. first time we had you on, I was like, "Get that guy back! I want yeah. him back all the time." I want more hookers. <laughs> More hookers. Let's yeah, talk about leaders and hookers more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did that that girl that that hot dog saleswoman realize that she was a pawn in the early stages of my career. Yeah. So thank you to <laughs> yeah. that woman out there. I was just um, thinking. I don't think Dave Chappelle ever did did radio or television. Well, he did some television interviews, but he never did radio or podcasting interviews very much, did he? Must have done some. Yeah. But boy, so he never, he never came through your town or never, anything. Well, he never, came through never. the town, but he never came on the radio or any of that. Right. No. Yeah, amazing. Oh, the on that note though, the uh, the you know, the woman that was always on your show, you know, the star of Beef. What, what's her name? Oh, uh, Ali Wong. Ali Wong. Ellie Wong, she won, uh, she won an award the other night, and, and she's going out with Bill Hader. I know. That's awesome. It was I mean, crazy. Watching yeah, them kiss, yeah. I, like, all of a sudden was on Google looking yeah. like a detective. I had no idea they were dating. Well, that was That's right. So It's so funny because I look at Ellie Wong, and all I think about is Tom Bernard. What does that say about me? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had ever even heard of her. And then, yeah. like I said, she came on the, the show. She came on the podcast. We went to dinner that night yeah. with the whole family. I mean, it, she was, she's a beautiful woman, first of all. So I understand I, Bill Hader's take. Yeah, Tom, I think you did the, I, here's how I, how I was so struck by that interview. I, I think you did the KQ interview after the dinner. So that's, yeah, that's what right. made, yep. so you might have did the podcast on Thursday uh, and then had your dinner mm -hmm. and then on the Friday or something right. like that because, because I'm, I'm listening to the KQ interview of you and Ali Wong. She was on for an hour. And it's like a, it was like a love lost daughter returning yeah. home to you. And I'm like, true, this, yeah. this, this woman's amazing. And ever since that moment, I, I've just followed her career because I'm like, what a wonderful lady she is and funny. And, and yes. she talked about her struggles in Hollywood and how, you know, it's tough. And, 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 and since that, she just, just blew up. And, and now she's an actress going out with a superstar creative mind in Bill Hader. What a combination they're going to be if they stick it out. Wait a second. Let me let me ask you a question here, and I'm asking all for you the question. 
after that last episode of his show, do you still consider him to be a comedic genius? Ah, oh, uh, yeah, I know. The I, worst look, show hey, ever yeah, on television. It, uh, Barry, now nah, look, it, it, yeah, and it's, I, I have, it's, I've kept this in my mind a lot because that whole last season even screwed me up. I, I, I'm terrible. like, what the heck? You, this show was the best show. It was yeah, the best was show good. on television, and yep. and and I loved it, and I waited for it to come back, and I. Love the you know him between you know Henry Winkler and him were incredible and love him and uh, and he's like the, the guy that you know um, you know the guy from Office Space that uh that, you know, what's his name Come on yeah you guys that was Ron like his, yeah the, the guy that was his uh yeah the, the, the older guy the older guy up. yeah I know the I, older I, guy that, that set yeah. up he, he's a he's assassin agent I guess right. you would call him um, I love the intermingling of those characters and I love. The action scenes. I, I mean, the best episode was him fighting the the kid, you know, on the roof. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the he had a he had a martial arts scene, and then they go to the supermarket and they fight the guy. Anyway, it, it, I loved Barry, but the final season was they went on to some existential stuff yeah. that was completely off off the reservation. It was crazy. So, anyway, um, but let's hope uh, Ali Wong brings Bill Hader back. Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you one question before you go, because yes. I know we've kept you too long already because no, 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 you're no. a hot guy. Oh, yeah. But, yes. It wasn't by a choice of, oh, I don't want to do that anymore or whatever, but for about 35 years, I used to fly every week. I'd gone on an airplane, I was flying to Chicago or New York or LA or whatever. My least favorite I'll bring up by that, by the way, I was working at Capitol Records. We had a convention in Palm Springs. While I'm down in Palm Springs, I get a call from the agency in Milwaukee. Tom, we have to cut a bunch of new Miller beer commercials. And I said, okay, well, I'll just go to He goes, no, we have to have you in Milwaukee. I had just walked in the door in Palm Springs. I had to take a car to Los Angeles, fly to Milwaukee, do commercials all that night because it was nighttime by the time I got there. Got on a plane at one o'clock in the morning, flew back to Los Angeles, and then drove back. I will never. My God, that was a bitch. That was very tough. But because I and I like to fly. Don't get me wrong. Yes. I, well, since that side of the plane fell off, I'm not so excited anymore. Yeah, but they were fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. They didn't bolt it in. Is that correct? Because they can't find the screws. You know. No, they're gone missing, right? It's, 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 gone it's missing. And, it was, and it was only the little screws that, that yeah. caused all this. Is that right? Yeah, that's it's like the O ring in the space shuttle, right? Yeah, they, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you're flying along in an airplane, all of a sudden the, the wall falls off. That's a little unsettling, if you ask me, but that's just, yeah, yeah, yep. no, no fear though. Just keep flying, Tom. You got to keep flying. Oh, I do, yeah. keep, but yeah. but you know, Kath and I do drive long distances now, and I, I like oh, that do. as well. Yeah, because yeah. we're looking. Because I, you know, I did so much flying that I never got to see parts of Chicago. Well, I actually lived in Chicago for a while, so that's not true. But other areas. But are you going to be a little touchy about flying from now on no. since the walls are falling off? No, no, I've got to head down, head down, keep going, flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep just keep going, Tom. All right, full steam well, ahead. Yeah, no, 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 not yeah, scared. Yeah, got to get around. Got to keep traveling. Got to see the world. Yeah, that don't have much time sense. left on it. Yeah, you've got to stay stay alive and see the world. That's the goal. We'll get it done. When are you it's coming? Olymp- we've got the Olympics. We've got the Olympics this year. Um, no, I know. I know. I keep saying I've got to come to. I've, I've got to figure out how to how to get there. Yeah, and just to think, it was uh, five years since. Uh, no, six years 
since um, I did the polar plunge in Hackensack, uh, Minnesota. I remember at their, that. At their festival. The, the, oh, yep. I love that. That town and those people are legendary. Now, I've made a documentary on that experience and I still haven't finished it. So I've got to hurry up and finish that documentary and uh, maybe I should go back to that town and have, have a red carpet. Ooh. You know, Ooh. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have a red carpet at the local... Um, the Return Services Club, I think that's where the big hangout. I went there on my first night there. I won the meat raffle. <gasps> yeah, yeah, which was great. Yeah, 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 I cleaned up. Yeah, wow. Then actually, yeah, then I ran, won the alcohol raffle too. Whoa! It was like a heist. But yeah, I, I, I had a lot of luck there. It was like a heist when I was leaving. I was leaving with like twenty <laughs> bottles of spirits. I said, should I probably should donate these back? And I said, no. no. Back then, I was a bit of a drinker, so I took the whole twenty bottles. Yeah. yeah well, anyway, um, lovely people time. though. Great time. Yeah, yeah. No, By the way, for people who've never heard of Hackensack, Minnesota, if it's 20 below in Minneapolis, it's 50 <laughs> below in Hackensack. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Just- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 they had to get the chainsaws out to cut the big hole in the uh, in the ice. And I mean, this is all new to me. This is what you guys deal with, right? This and and the fact that we were driving like a, a Ford 150 F150 on the bloody uh, on the ice just blew my mind. And the yes. guy goes to me. Take your seatbelt off, Brad. I said, "Oh, why? Yeah, we're still going quite fast." And he goes, "Oh no, that's if we go through the ice. You got to be able to get your seat. Yeah, you yeah. don't want your seatbelt yeah. on when you go in the water." All right, mate. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend. I'll say who he is because you wouldn't know him anyway. But he bought a brand new car about 20 oh, years ago, something like that. Lived on Lake Minnetonka, and it was the middle of winter. And he said, "I always wanted to do this. I'm gonna do it." And I'm like, "I be careful because you shouldn't." He goes, oh, "You know what? I got to go because I was gonna give him a tip." Um, if you're going to drive on the ice, ladies and gentlemen, do not try to pass under a bridge on the ice in a car because uh-huh. of the flow of the water. That ice gets worn very, very thin oh. right through the ice into the bottom of the lake. And, he, and what happened to him? Uh, he got out. Now, luckily, he got out and lived, but I guess it was a little spendy getting that car out of the ridger from oh. the river, or excuse me, the yeah. lake from under the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. That, Amazing. Don't well, how you do it. Bridges. Don't do it. No, right. yeah. Brad, you need to come to town. I'd love to see you, pal. That'd uh, be great to see you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad Blanks. Bye-bye. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, Brad Blanks, who could ask for anything more? I Correct? Love, I love that man so much. Mm-hmm. He just brings me – so, I just smile the whole time he's talking. He, well, he is. He's just a great guy. There's no question. We have to take a break, do we not? Let's do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back, right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. They're wrangling, they're yes. wrangling Ethan. Yes, indeed. He wanted to sit on my lap for the rest of the show. I mean, we have one minute. Let him do it. Yeah, for real. That's close enough. He had to tell us about the apple he just ate. But he, yeah, he did. He ate an apple, so he's very excited. Um, maybe I'll just go with the headline here, or maybe I'll do the story. It's up to you guys. Okay, you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. Headline. Peak laziness, Alexa, which is the Alexa is the thing you have in your house, right, Alex? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. What I mean, what is it? You ask it questions, or what is it actually called? Alexa. It's, yeah, it's just it's Amazon's <laughs> thing. It's Amazon Alexa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand this then, because the headline reads: Peak laziness, Alexa can now wash your butt for you. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh I have a feeling that means there's it. an Alexa, Alexa-enabled bidet. Bidet. Yeah, yeah, get to your bidet. God. I'm really? So I have a bidet. That'd be my guest. My, I'm so tired turning a little knob to make my bidet work. It's exhausting. <laughs> no, it hurts my fingers. 
you're worn out. I'm exhausted. Look at me. I'm exhausted. All right. Will 2024 be the year America reaches peak laziness? Uh, yeah, this might help us get there. You can now ask Alexa to clean your butt for you. The annual Consumer Electronics Show starts tomorrow in Las Vegas. And the bathroom brand Kohler is pushing a new bidet that connects to Alexa or Google Home uh, to uh, offer voice-activated butt washing. Once she's done washing your butt, you can also ask her to turn on the drying feature to dry it off for you. Drying feature? Uh, there's a drying feature that's as not, well. That's not typical of a bidet. No, that's, that's, that's a nice, that's not like you're, you can just put in and go. Like we have the one that we bought from some, uh, somewhere online that you just add to your toilet. I think the drying feature has to kind of be yeah, you, either extra or incorporated in your toilet. Like the, that's a pretty yeah. high Like end. the Dyson Airblade, except for butts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that for me. I had never seen a bidet in my life until mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Florida, they're in like every house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had one in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're in like yeah. every single house in Florida and Minnesota. It's like you don't see them, and it's like a separate bidet. It's like you have oh, the yeah. toilet, like the other... and then the bidet yep. is, is separate. Go over there, yeah. and up and transfer with a yeah. dirty <laughs> yep. yeah. Is and so... but here's but here's the thing I don't understand about bidets. Everything. Why? Why is uh, are people's butts like that dirty? Are you not wipe? Like I I don't get it. Because then you use it, and then your butt's sopping wet, and then you have to use Mm -hmm. toilet paper, which is not good for, like, water, tons Mm -hmm. of water. It's falling apart. I don't... You're not using it correctly. Also, I can tell, like, you are somebody who has a very very systematic poop, and good for you, because I (laughs) have somebody near and dear to me who's got, who doesn't have, it's not as cut and dry as that, and um, also... You can use them for like a mini. Um, uh, Brush your um, teeth? Like what? No. Yes. Uh, like, like a water pick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Pretty much is what I'm trying to say is that you could use it as a, a what is it called? Enema, like a mini enema for people that, that need. Painful. It's 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 not like okay. So there's people that have <laughs> trouble going to the bathroom, and that helps initiate that. Uh, I can go into detail because I've worked with so many people that have needed bidets or needed that like like cleanliness but the thing is is like pooping is an experience that is individualized for each and and every one of us and there are some people that find benefits in bidets for sure I'm just imagining you having your Alexa hooked up to your bidet and it not working so you're just in your bathroom screaming like Alexa wash my ass Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a big controversial thing in my household. My husband loves voice activated things and I can't stand them. I can't stand that. Like if I was ta- Alex was at my house and we're having like a, a heart to heart and I'm telling her about like, you know, my mom just passed away. Alexa, turn on the light. Yep. <laughs> Alexa, I just hate it. I want to just walk over and do the switch. I'm so, so many things in our house. You have to yell at her. And I'm, I'm so over it. Like, that is not the life I want to lead. Yeah, well, we... we have, like, a good uh, combination thing where it's an app on your smartphone. You can put the widget on your home mm-hmm. screen and then just tap on the light. It'll turn it. on. Then you don't even have to get up. hate it. We have, like, the most basic Alexa situation ever. It's just there. and You don't have smart anything, do you? No, we have smart nothing. And I I'd love like that. to keep it that way. Oh, wait, you yeah. have the it's... Nest, right? The uh, furnace thingy? Yeah, but that's, it's not connected to our Alexa. 
Oh. Like you can't it, shout at it to change the temperature. You have to go uh, up and change it. We could with ours, but we don't. Cause I'm sure we could, but like it's not that hard to just get up and do it. Like exactly. I don't know. The moment I realized things were getting over-engineered, Tom, is when we got a washer and dryer, dryer that said, "Hey, we can hook. I can hook this right up to your phone." And I said, "In what scenario would I full on mm -hmm. load my washer right. with dirty clothes, right. run out of my house?" Get in my car and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot to turn it on. And yeah. then turn yeah. it on from my phone. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But here's yeah, the thing. Work. I'm super nice to Alexa. Anytime I ask her to do anything, I say, I say please. Because when the robots take over, they will remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I no always question. was polite. And they talked so. to um, Alex about connecting um, rude children back to their ability uh, to yell at an Alexa. So, like, mm -hmm. if you teach your kids, they have to say please and thank you to Alexa. Yeah. It might help in the long run. You're like one of those people who, if you played video games, you couldn't be like a dark side Jedi. Absolutely. Because you couldn't be mean to the pretend people in the video game. I can't even play video games because the idea of people being mean to me in a video game, no thank you. Well, as a disclaimer, I will say I am also that person. I yeah. am as well. Being a dark side player, I can't never. do it. I'm just like, never. Just, yeah, you go up to some random person, they're like, oh, you know, my Wookiee ran away, and you have to be just like, you know, up yours. Yeah, That, no, no, that should I'd be never. like a parental control on all of the AI features, like where if you don't ask it politely, ah, it's like, yeah. like yeah. can you say please and thank you, and then maybe mm -hmm. I'll turn on the light for you. I had our Alexa programmed. This is as, like, smart home e as i ever got they learned some songs from some cousins <laughs> i remember from the artist was mr farts mm -hmm. oh, mr yeah. farts and well, it would just randomly say like play the poopy fart song and yes. then it would like try its best to and it would always out. find something yes and so they would ask it to play mr farts and i you can go in on your phone and like when you say certain words to it, you can program her response. Yep. And I had her programmed to say absolutely not when they would say, hey, Mr. <laughs> Fritz, so go, absolutely not. And absolutely they would, not. like the first couple of times they were like, and I was like, she must hate it as much as I do. Yep. <laughs> it. Sorry. All of a sudden, baby shark, never again. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty slick. Okay, I'll close with this question because I just saw it this morning when I got up. There's a new thing, and it's either called Miracle Floss or Miracle, I think it's called Miracle Flosses. It's got two prongs that go up and two prongs go down. You put it in your mouth, push a button, and it comes up on your teeth. And as you move it back and forth, it flosses your teeth. Mm -hmm. This thing, I got to get one. I mean, this thing looks magnificent. I feel yeah, like I you're see just it. asking a Miracle for... Smile Water Flosser. Yeah, Miracle oh, Smile a... Water Flosser. I was going to say, oh. if it's floss coming in out of your teeth, that's just asking that's for, horrible. like, gum swelling. It I sounds... used a water pick once, and it literally it looked like I had become a vampire with all the amount of blood that was coming out. <laughs> of my you had it cranked up too high, Brittany. I, I had it cranked up far. I just thought halfway is appropriate. And no. then I was like, no, I learned right quick that I was not built for this. One of the great things about all time and then their TV commercial, because I saw the TV commercial this morning. Was it the Miracle Smile? Miracle Smile. Miracle Smile. They would show people's teeth. And there'd be all this crust and mm -hmm. dirt and food and all that stuff up in here and down in here. They put the miracle flosser in there. She go beautiful white, oh, just Ten shiny teeth. Mm -hmm. straighter somehow. <laughs> it removes all the granite and stuff from They're your teeth. They're depression. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
All right, we better. Oh my God, we better wrap it up. Brittany's got a life. Tevin's no, got a life. I mean, no. my God, that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be right back in a few minutes with the family show.